if you take the time to analyze it, look at it, do all your due diligence, and you just go, man, that he's asking way too much. I'm just going to delete this email. You're missing the point. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, guys, what is going on? What's up, everybody? Hope you're all doing amazing. So today I have a special treat for you. Since I've been MIA for the last couple weeks, sorry man, guys got, you know, been busy, been busy. Since I've been gone for a couple weeks, I have decided that I am going to give you a special gift today. I'm going to let you listen in to the uh, the first coaching call that we did, Bill Allen did actually, a coaching call that he did last week with the new and improved six-figure flipping groups. So I'm just going to let you guys totally listen in. Um, these guys pay you know, $12,000 to be a part of, of this program, and Bill just dropped all kinds of gold bombs. I had to get his permission to let you listen in because some of the things he shared. I wasn't sure if he was going to want uh, everyone to hear it, and he was reluctant, but he, he's like, you know what, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, I love he loves this community as much as I do, and anything we can do for you guys, we're we're happy to do. So, but I have a little bit of a confession to make at first. First, before I have you listen to this, um, I sort of made a pretty big. I don't know if mistake is the right word. Um, uh, let me just give you a little bit of background for those of you who know much about me. You know, I'm a little crazy, and I just kind of go for things and do things, and sometimes they work out great, and sometimes I you know, fell forward and learned from my mistakes. And, you know, last year at Flip Hacking Live in the middle of the night on before the last day on Friday night, three o'clock in, in the morning, I woke up and knew that I had to create this new program called the Six Figure Flipping Acceleration Program. And the whole point of that program was to get people who wanted to be in the seven figure flipping group, but didn't quite qualify to get them ready for that group in, in 90 days. And Mike and Mike uh, volunteered to help me coach. And so literally I got up on stage my wife was creating the PowerPoint as I was running the rest of the uh, meeting. So I, I presented a PowerPoint that I'd never seen that she created. I asked Mike and Mike right then and there, hey, will you guys coach this? They said, yes, we're on board. And and it's been, it was, it's been amazing. They did an amazing job for the past year. They've helped many people get into the seven-figure group and even some that are now in the, the eight-figure group. And so much money has been made from the people that they've helped. So many deals have been done. Uh, I could go on and on about the stories of so many people who went through that program and, and what they've done. So as you guys know, if any of you have been to any of our events or any any of our coaching programs, uh, we try to de- not only deliver, but over-deliver and over-deliver. We try to give 10 times, 20 times, 100 times more than what we ever ask for, for anyone. And that's just kind of the way we roll. Uh, the goal is to try to stay as far away from any of those other programs out there, you know, the ones I'm talking about that, uh, basically charge people a ton of money who don't know anything about this business and give them very little value. It's, it's just disgusting, right? So our goal, our mission is to put those guys out of business and to just over flood you with value. So having that been said, sometimes I get a little carried away and, you know, I, I do things a lot. I don't want to just say on the fly, right? Like, I believe there's a certain level at which you should prepare for something. And then at the end of the day, like you just got to do stuff, right? You got to put it out there. You got to go for it. So having that been said, you know, the, the House of HQ community and the different programs have been growing 
exponentially over the past year and two and, and, and just recently in the past couple of years. And with this growth, like I've had a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, I've recently, I'll talk to you later about like, I'm totally building out my team and uh, have brought on or hired like multiple people in the last month or two uh, to, to help me because there's, there's a lot going on. I'm not going to lie, right? I, I want to get back to a little more of my lifestyle. I've been surfing a little more with my son and he's getting into that. And I, uh, I want to get back to not my five hour weeks because I got a little bored with that. Uh, but, you know get systematize things a little bit more so i've been bringing on a, a lot of people haven't that been said before flip hacking live like we had so much going on and let's just say i knew that you know mike and mike came to me at the end of the year that you know coaching this program has been amazing we loved it we love the people we've been able to help but like we're, we're kind of tapped out right they, they put a lot into it they i'm not gonna lie they, they really laid it out there and super awesome what they did so i was like awesome no worries thank you for your uh, service if you will even though they got paid like they, they just they gave so much. Um, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to revamp this thing. And so what we did is we also started a new group called the Eight Figure Flipping Group. If any of you are at seven figures already, then reach out to me personally, Justin at HouseofHQ.com if you're interested in being a part of that group. But that's for people who are already making seven figures. So we actually have had, for those of you who have listened to the podcast recently, know that we've had um, right around 20 people, just over 20 people who have gotten to that seven-figure mark in the seven-figure flipping program, which is amazing considering the program's only been, uh, we've only had the program going for a couple of years now. So the the agreement I made with all them, I said, hey, if you guys will help me do some some coaching as we continue to grow, as you help me to con- to, to coach the house flipping formula, the six-figure flipping members, the seven-figure flipping members, then what I'll do is I will... Um, give you a deduction on the uh, the eight-figure flipping program, which is a $50,000 program. And every one of them agreed. They're happy to do that. They like to give back anyway. It was a no-brainer. It was a win-win. So I brought these these guys, the eight-figure flipping members, onto the eight-figure flipping program literally at the seven-figure flipping event, which was just a couple days before Flip Hacking Live. So I literally, I knew I was going to revamp the six-figure flipping program at the event. I planned on doing more before the event, but there's so much. There is so much. I'm not going to want, I'm not going to complain about all the stuff it takes to run these two back-to-back events, especially with these groups that are growing. But it's a lot of work. So let's just say that I, I didn't have the six-figure program completely set out. Like I had an idea of how it was going to work, but I had to make sure all the eight-figure flipping members were on board and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So... Once again, you know, I, I, uh, I waited a little too long and I was having fun. I was hanging out there one. We had, we were going yachting and all kinds of stuff. One of my friends let me borrow his yacht for the week and it was, it was incredible. And, um, I didn't spend as much time preparing to, um, to present the, the new six figure flipping program at the event as, as I should have. So I had Tara, I wrote some notes for Tara. Once again, she was creating the PowerPoint while I'm running this event and, I don't know. In the last minute, like I just, I like to give. I just give a lot. I, I just love giving things. I know. I know that sounds. Oh, I like. I'm no like, but I do. I just like. I have a very giving heart. I just like to give a lot. And if those of you who are at the event saw that we we you know we we raised enough money to build three or four schools and we were able to help some hurricane victims and we just did a lot of really cool things. Um, but that's what I do with my my students as well and. In revamping this program, I, I wanted to talk to like some of the other coaches, like Bill Allen and Andy and Mike and Mike, and see their thoughts. But I just didn't have time, and so I just laid it out there. And when I presented the six-figure program, I'm like, okay, 
You guys are going to be able to get access to not only before it was Mike and Mike, which is awesome. Not only are you going to get access to Mike and Mike, but you're also going to get access to Bill and Andy and Stephen, my, my brother, and to um, you know Don Costa, and to basically all of the eight figure flipping members. So basically to like fifteen or twenty. Um, I say fifteen or twenty. Anyway. I'll spare you the details, but there, there's a couple people that we're finalizing things with. But it's basically like 17 to 20 people who are making a seven-figure income, right? Like I said, basically, you can get access to all of them. What we're going to do is we're going to set up a weekly call where each one of them, you guys have maybe heard about some of the master classes I did in, in the past where it was like $500 per class and people loved them. They went crazy. It changed their business. Basically, every week, there's going to be like another master class where a seven-figure mentor is going to get on and give you the farm, like just share everything with you, how their business is working, how they're creating a seven-figure business, um, answer any questions you have, and then you can reach out to them like through the Facebook forum group or through Voxer, just have, have access to them, right? So anyway, I, I laid it out there, people went crazy, They're like it was, it was awesome, and then um, later like I was like, oh, what have I done <laughs> I just like put it all out there. And Bill, I was talking to Bill Allen later on and he just like looked at me and shook my head. He's like, I cannot believe you just like are given all that. Like so the program is no longer ninety days, by by the way, it's it's now six months. And the goal is to get people into the seven figure flipping program. So help them get to where they have a strong six figure income. And some people may maybe already have a low six figure income, like it might be a good fit for them as well. And it's literally just $12,000 and they get access to all these people and all these calls for a six month, like weekly call. And, you know, Bill, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you guys in later on. Um, but Bill's going to kind of help out like with a lot of this. And he's just like shaking his head. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just gave all that. Like I just went up there and like said, okay, this is what we're doing and, and we're doing it. Right. So, um, anyway, uh, not only do they get that, but they also get in January, they get to go to a live uh, a two-day event with with Andy where he brings in his entire team, puts it all out there, um, and even Andy's concerned. He's like, hey, are there any people who are in my markets that are coming? Because my, my partner, Jason, like, he's not, because they just give it all, right? Um, literally, like, normally a, a uh, an event like that that's that in secluded and they give everything like that is about a $15,000. They call it the two-day intensive. It's $15,000, and the people who put them on aren't nearly to the level that, that Andy is. So this entire program is just $12,000, and the people were offered all of all of this, right? So anyway, needless to say, in, in talking to Bill, as he's going to help me um, with some of this implementation of some of the coaching programs going forward as we continue to grow, he's like, okay, like we have to do this because this is what you got up there and like opened your big mouth on stage and, and offered. But like, we can't like, let's, let's, let's do it. It's going to be a lot of work. Like he's like, I'm happy to look like to help people, but this, this is a lot like you, this is like a $50,000 program. <laughs> like what you just put out there, you know? So this is probably the best offer that we've ever given. Uh, and Bill made it clear and he's totally right. He's like, we can't, like, if we want to run a real business, like, I, I know you like to give value. Like, we have to be realistic, right? So he's like, we can't ever do this again. And I agreed. Um, so this this kind of offer will never happen again. So anyway, I wanted you guys to, be able to listen to that first call uh, with Bill. He It was just the very first one, like, just scratching the surface. But basically, the people in this group, they're going to get calls every uh, week 
for for six months from these people. They're all going to record it. They get the past events that we have recorded. They get to go to the live event with with Annie. If they can't make that one, they can go to another one in the future, and they get the recording. Um, anyway, we just we just put it all there. They get to be in the Facebook forum with all the other six figure members and all these high level coaches, and it's it's kind of incredible. It's kind of insane for for twelve thousand dollars, which is like one deal, right? And literally, the people who are are doing the, these groups, like a lot of them are making six high six and seven figure incomes. You know, as long as you do the work, right? Like if you're someone out there who's not going to do the work, then it's not for you. Now, who is this program? First of all, if you want to apply for this program, you can go to houseflippinghq.com slash 6FF and you can apply there. Uh, and, and you know, would, would love to, uh, to see if you, if you're what it, what it, if you have what it takes, basically, what does it take to be in this program? You don't have to be making six figures to be in the program like you do to make it into the seven-figure flipping program. Basically, you have to have done something in real estate. You have to have some experience, and you have to have some resources, right? Like, we're not trying to get people in the program who have never, like, made an offer or have never, like, done any research in real estate. Like, mainly, we're looking for people who have... um some experience to a decent amount of experience, but you aren't yet, don't yet have that six figure, uh, consistent annual income coming in. That's, that's kind of the idea. So we can get you there and then help you get into the six, the seven figure program. So that's my rationale. So I told Bill, I was like, Hey, our goal is to help people get to the seven figure program. He's like, yeah, but we need to be profitable by getting there. Otherwise, like, <laughs> anyway, you're just, you're giving away way too much. So anyway, what's done is done. Um, so this will be the last time that we offer a program of this scale for that price, but I've already committed to it. So I figured, Hey, may as well let you guys know about it. Um, and bring in a few more people. Uh, we'll probably accept people up to either this or next week. I've got to still talk to Kyle about that. Um, but you know, we just, we want, since we're getting started, we want to make sure everyone gets going as soon as possible. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this call. If you're interested in the program, go to houseflippinghq.com slash six FF, or you can reach out to, um, uh, I would say reach out to Kyle, but we're trying to transition him over to doing some other things. <laughs> so, uh, just reach out to us at info at houseflippinghq.com and either Kyle, myself or Vanessa, uh, we'll we'll respond and and we'll get you in touch with someone. Or if you want, if you know you want to do the program for sure, just respond and say six FF or six figure flipping. I'm in, and we'll get you and and let us know a little bit about yourself. Just you just, just want to make sure it's the right fit, right? We're not looking for people who have never like made an offer or don't are just looking to like oh I just want to make a bunch of money and like don't hey yeah it takes work it takes like you got to do this stuff right? It's not a get rich overnight quick magical wand thing, right? So. Anyway, we just want to make sure that that we're getting the right caliber of people that we know that we can help. Because I don't ever like to take someone's money unless I know they're going to get a significant return on that business, on that investment and change their life. So anyway, guys, that's all we got. So hope you enjoy this call with Bill Allen. Go to HouseofMeHQ.com slash 6FF to apply. And I cannot wait to work with you and see you in the seven-figure flipping crew. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Can everybody hear me? Okay, everybody can hear me. Thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. Awesome. Uh, man, we got a bunch of people on here. Twelve people on here already. I'm gonna. Hey, what we'll do is we'll just let everybody kind of roll in. Um, give it a couple minutes, and and then we'll kick it off. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. There's a um, at the bottom right. There's a chat. Uh, box. 
that um, you guys can talk in if you don't want to talk on the on the camera. Clark, I listened to the first 20 seconds of your Voxer message before I had to put my son to bed. So I haven't heard the last uh, 40 seconds, but it sounded like you weren't going to be on here, but you're on here. So um, if you have to jump off, throw that question that you had for me in the chat box. I'll make sure that I get it. So Peter, what's up? Rich and Sophie, JJ, Jim, what's going on? Ben, Brian, man, there's a ton of people. A bunch of phone numbers I don't know. Susan, welcome, welcome. Hi, Jim. Let's see. Man, 21 people. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute some of you guys um, until we get going. I think, um, let's see, before we get started, I, I haven't run one of these for you guys in Six Figure Flipping. It. If, you're, if you've been in the group before, it's been Mike and Mike. Um, only on these calls. So um, I'll kind of go over some of the stuff that we're adding to the program now. And hopefully you guys are excited about that because I know I am. Um, let's see, we got 22 people on here. So um, let's, I'll set some quick, quick ground rules and then we'll kick it off. So um, I'll probably keep you, a lot of you guys muted, but if you want to jump in, I'm going to kind of open it up for questions um, and just hit me with stuff. Um, Unmute yourself. If you have a problem with that, I'll do it. If you want to just throw a question in the chat box because you don't want to talk, that's fine too. Just throw the question in there and I'll answer it there. Um, Sabin, what's up, man? Um, okay, so I just want to kick it off by saying welcome to the new and improved Six Figure Flipping Group. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the most recent email, but Justin said that he gave away the farm. And when he made this decision on stage, it wasn't with any of our blessing. And I think he completely over-delivered, and I'm a little bit worried about trying to figure out how we get on a call every week with you guys, but I think it's awesome stuff. Um, the eight-figure flipping members are just going to bring it every week, so we're working on a calendar for that for you guys, and I'm trying to figure out how we can uh, best communicate that to you, so stand by for maybe some events page in the Facebook group is where I'm leaning towards to keep up with all the calls, but just expect this to be a standing Wednesday night call and make it or don't make it, it's okay. Um, it'll be recorded and we'll post it up on the membership site so you guys will have it. So um, let's see, that's kind of these calls. Um, for this one, I, I can pretty much talk about whatever we want to talk about. Usually on the seven-figure calls, I open it up for questions where you guys are struggling or where you need help. Um, and before we kick it off, uh, for the new members, you guys were on a call. The, the first call, there was like three of us or four of us or me and Mike Halper just kind of dug in for like two hours on a wholesaling business from start to finish and where everybody is in place and all that stuff. So uh, I think that was such a good call. What we did was we recorded it. The first hour and a half of that call is like a business in a box from start to finish all the way from marketing and how to get the leads to dispositions and how to sell them and, and build your buyers list and all that stuff. So we recorded it. We sent it to the onboarding six figure, the new six figure members the next day. And I talked to Justin and I said, it was just so good that we should just post it up on the group for all of you guys to have. So um, what we're going to do is we recorded that. I'm going to have Kyle upload it to the membership site. So if you guys have been members of six figure flipping for a while, or you missed that call or 
I don't want anybody to feel like they were left out. And I just thought it was so good that we'll just, we'll throw it up on the membership site so all you guys can watch it. Um, hopefully that spawns some questions for the future, throw them in the Facebook page, whatever. But it's about an hour and a half call. And I think we dug pretty deep into it, probably deeper than we should have. So um, I talked Justin into just throwing it up for everybody. I think it'll be helpful for all you guys that either missed the call or have already been in the group and didn't get that kind of onboarding experience for a couple hours. So hopefully that's good. If it's good, thumbs up. If you guys don't want that, um, we can just cancel it. All right. All right. Everybody seems to like it. So, um, okay, cool. So the way that I typically run these is you've got me for like an hour. Um, hit me with any questions you have. Um, if, if it gets kind of, uh, like quiet or you guys don't have a lot of questions, I'll hit on some of the things that I think, um, would be pertinent, but I know we're all in kind of, you guys are all in different places in the business. So no questions off limit. I'll give you everything that I got, anything in the company, anything about me, whatever you guys need to know. So um, if you want to throw it in the chat box or unmute yourself, um, we can go that route. Um, we'll, we got an hour to just hammer this out. So yo, Adam, what's up? What's up? Okay. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill Clark. Um, Bill, can you talk about the County Register of Deeds? Andy talks, mentioned that several times. Uh, who asked that? Saban did. Okay. So I think that your question is about recording contracts. So like his, uh, memorandum of contract or his, uh, notice of contract. Is that what you're looking for? Like, uh, he, how he records that in the County records once he puts a house under contract. I'm going to unmute you. Okay. Hey, uh, Hey Bill. Hey everyone. Hey. Um, yeah, he talks about it like as he's getting ready to for the appointment like for comms that's one thing that the checks he's got a video where he walks you completely through one deal from the phone call he actually goes to the person's house and he talks about uh, the county registry of deeds now obviously i want to check that out on my own here in michigan yeah. but i just still wanted to see what your thoughts are on that yeah so everybody is in a different state that uh, there's different public records of how you can pull that information for us what we do is we go to the uh, uh property appraisers website so when they get a call, what we want to know is we want to know that we're talking to the person who's on the deed and it's not just somebody calling us or another wholesaler or something like that. So we want to get the decision makers. We want to know if it's in a trust or if it's in like four people's names and we're only talking to one or a lot of times we'll get a call and it's, it doesn't match. Something's wrong. Maybe we have the wrong address or something's going on or, you know, the aunt or the cousin or the next door neighbor is calling on their behalf. So that eliminates everything, especially when we get a signed contract and then we deliver it to the title company. Nothing's more embarrassing than the title company saying, that's not actually the person who owns this house that you got the signature. So what we do is when they call in, the girls that answer my phone, they'll pull it up in the property appraisers website and they can see who's on the title. Um, just keep in mind the recordings a lot of time in your county might take a long time to hit the county appraiser or the registrar's office. So it might take a couple of weeks. So if they did transfer recently, they might not be on there. But most of the people we're dealing with own the houses for a couple of years. So that's probably what he's talking about. That's what we do. Um, in some counties, you may actually be able to see the deed and pull it up in a PDF form to actually see who's on the deed. It's a little bit harder in ours. Some counties, they make you pay for that stuff. Uh, some stuff's not online. So it's going to depend in all your markets. Hopefully that, that answer that question. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, let's see. Absolutely. Clark, uh, he sent me one on Voxer. So let me answer that um, earlier about hiring process. If you can speak to that briefly, uh, specifically your interviewing procedure, also from a tax perspective and all the accounting behind hiring someone. 
also what direct mail. Okay. Um, so hiring, I think this is, this is going to be big for you guys because you're probably at the point in your businesses where um, you're hiring your first person, maybe your second person, that kind of thing. So this was the biggest struggle for me as I got going was trying to figure out how do I hire someone? How do I pay them? What does it look? What's the difference between W2 and 1099? Um, all of that stuff. So as far as my process, I think I uploaded, um, I want to say that I uploaded my hiring process in the six figure flipping Facebook page as a file. So hopefully you have that. It's like the step-by-step -step stuff that we go through. So my process is pretty simple. Um, and you said you're interviewing procedure. So maybe that's different. My hiring process is basically like, um, we put an ad on, so I, I, I see, find the need, right? And then I come up with the description of how this person will fit that need. I put an ad on Craigslist. I've used Craigslist pretty, uh, that's pretty much all I've used. I haven't used Indeed or um, some of these other companies. Um, there's some people in seven figure flipping that are using a company called Wise Hire. Uh, W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E -E that they're trying out. It's pretty cool. Um, and it's real estate based. Uh, it's about 200 bucks a month, but they only use it for a month. So it's a more expensive. I found my people on Craigslist for $15 an ad. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll put my ad in there and my, I uploaded my ads too. my, oh yeah, ZipRecruiter. Yeah. I think ZipRecruiter, it had like a week trial that I tried it for a week to see if I could get enough leads. And I, I don't know. Uh, I'll give you the feedback for the seven figure members. They don't like ZipRecruiter. They like Indeed uh, and, and Craigslist. So they've had issues with ZipRecruiter. I haven't used it. Um, I haven't used either one. So I put it on Craigslist. In my ad, I have some requirements like send me your resume, send me, um, uh, send me your personal email and your phone number separately. So I want all that information sent in the email or if it's in the resume. Because you know when Craigslist respond, you get that ghost response from Craigslist. So you don't know what their email is. If they don't follow those instructions, we don't even reply to them. Then we get that resume, we look at it, and then, and then I'll reply with a list of questions. And my questions are in that PDF that I attached uh, in, in the file section. Um, because someone from the onboarding call asked for it specifically. So that's on, my list of questions are there. Tailor them however you want. The best question that I've, I've asked in the hiring process is how much do you want to make per hour? So I don't, I don't put an hourly wage on my ad. I ask them what they want to make to try to, sometimes you'd be surprised. They say 10 or $12 an hour. Some people might say like $40 an hour and that's an obvious no. Um, so, and then what do you want to make in the future with bonuses? So you kind of get a feel for where they're at and if they're close or not close. So that's the question that I added in there over time of, realizing that I'm barking up the wrong tree and talking to people that want to make $200,000 an hour to be my transaction coordinator. So, so then they answer those questions and, and I want to see how quickly they answer too. So if they don't answer within like less than 12 to 24 hours, I, we don't even respond to them either. They just go to a folder. Anybody that doesn't fit the bill goes to the folder for that ad in my email. So then from there, um, then we send a disc test, D-I-S-C. So you can go to TonyRobbins.com slash disc. Um, to see that. And that's just one of the, it's just another check in the block. And then I look at that and see if I think they're a good fit. And from there, so then they have to get that back to me within 12 or 24 hours, right? So you can see how this funnel weeds people down. We might start with a hundred people in the first week of like ads, like phone people. And then we get down to, you know, five or six people that make it through. From there, we look at the disc, we respond with a link to my Calendly account, which is just an online calendar. 
and I block off like two or three hours in a day and they have to sign up for a 30 minute block. And so now I'm, I'm putting them through this entire, like they just jump through all these hoops before I ever waste my time getting on the phone with them. So what I found when I just got started is I'm getting on the phone with all these candidates and they don't work out or I offer them the job and they have something else going on. They're just not committed. So by that point, these people are really committed to this position. And then I get on the phone. Um, yeah, Calendly. Yeah, you, you spelled it right. C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. And I just set up an account where they can just jump on and do a 30 minute uh, phone conversation with me. And then um, I, so let's see. I, and then I, so then I call them and then my interview process starts. So for me, what I want to do is I want to find out for, as from an interview standpoint of, I want to know about them more than I'm asking interview type questions personally. So usually my call starts like this. I say, Hey, I'm a little bit behind. Um, I'm just pulling up your resume right now and your disc tests and all that stuff. Uh, but I wanted to get on the phone with you now. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself while I pull this stuff all up? And uh, maybe I'm behind, maybe I'm not, but that's an opening question for me to actually just give them an open-ended question where they just start talking. And I want to hear, I mean, usually it's, this is how old I am. I'm married. I'm not married. I have X many kids. They stay at home with me like this. It's just go, they just keep going. And I'm just quiet for the first five or 10 minutes and just let them go. And depending on what position they're, they're interviewing for, I want to see if they're a good fit. Usually it's phone people or people like everybody. It's a people business that we're in. Right. So I want to know that these are people type people uh, for lack of a better word. And, and that I am just really enjoying talking to them on the phone, especially if they're going to be on the phone a lot, which everybody in my company is remote and a lot of them talk on the phone. So if I'm comfortable, then we continue the conversation. If it's immediate, like I don't even want to stay on the phone with this person. Um, I've had like somebody on the phone who sounds like they smoke 20 packs of cigarettes a day trying to interview for my phone person. I'm like, no way, man. Just is they, are they building rapport with me? Do I want to talk to them? If I want to continue talking to them, then I continue the interview. If I already know it's going nowhere, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone with them. 10 minutes and I'm off the phone and I'm moving on to get set up for the next person. Um, and then from there, now I have this kind of pool and I did it all in three hours, right? So I did six interviews in three hours on the phone. Now I can narrow it down to my, the people that I really like. And then I probably reach out to them for a follow-up, either in person or another phone interview where we talk more specifics. And from there, you know, I just get to know them, maybe ask a couple questions. Really what I want to know is what's their dedication to the job? Um, what's their life like? Um, real estate is 24-7. Can you answer the phone or can you, can you take an email? Like what's your response time? What else do you have going on in your life? That kind of stuff. So that's my interview process. That's my hiring process. Um, did I leave anything out from what you wanted to hear from those two things before I move on to a quick talk about accounting process and stuff? Clark's uh, taxes 1099W2, et cetera. So, okay, taxes 1099W2. I'm going to fly through this because I don't want to monopolize the time on all this stuff. Um, think of, I mean, from a tax standpoint, um, I, when I started, I asked them what they wanted. Um, just kind of think about how you want to set up your company. I'll tell you, as a 1099 contractor, it's very hard to tell somebody to sit at their computer. It, it's actually illegal to tell somebody to sit at their computer from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m and get paid hourly and only work for me. And here's a cell phone and here's a login, here's an email, here's a computer um, and kind of force them into your hours and your regulations and your pay structure. Um, 
you might, you could probably get away with it. Uh, so I struggled with that as far as W2 1099. Um, all my people are 1099 because I want a, sol a solo 401k. So I can't do that if I bring on a W2 person. However, in 2018, I'm moving people to W2 because I need to tell them that they have to be at their computer all day. Uh, efficiency has gone down by me being lackadaisical with them and allowing them to answer when they want to answer and not answer when they don't want to answer. And if their kids are home for an hour, then they're dealing with them and they're not answering the phone. I'm done with that. We're moving to more of a professional company. and I need to say, you're going to get paid hourly. If you don't show up on Tuesday, you're not getting paid. And right now people get paid by, uh, weekly and they, they work as hard as they think they need to work. And as, and I get on them when they don't work as much as like the results aren't there. So I figured the results would dictate the performance and it worked very well from the beginning, but now we have a company that I can hire someone to answer the phone tomorrow. And I know that, uh, you know, I can have them work eight hours a day and I can afford to pay them that when I was getting started, I needed people to come join my startup. Right. Um, where there wasn't really promise of, we know you'll get five contracts a month and this bonus and this kind of stuff. So, um, so just think about how you want to define that. Um, as far as 1099 is a lot easier on you, W-2, you make sure you got some bookkeeping and so you're going to have to pay quarterly taxes and withhold withholdings and, and filings and stuff like that, especially if you're in a taxable state, you'll have to do tax and federal or state and federal taxes. So get a, get a bookkeeper. Um, I highly recommend Mike and Mike's bookkeeping company, um, the REI books that you guys saw at the event. I think they're really good. Um, I don't think they're very expensive and all they do is real estate. So highly recommend them. Um, I don't know if they push their own stuff, but I'll push it for them. Um, and, and a bookkeeper was one of the first things that I hired, um, in, in my company. So, um, let's see the, Oh, the other question, what direct mail company did you mention before that? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, just to follow on Rick said, uh, when you go to W2 employees, do you have a plan for your solo 401k? Yes. I'll keep a 401k program, but I'm going to have to do some small matching with, um, with some of the, the other W2 members if they want. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll continue to do the uh, 401k, but it won't be a solo 401k anymore. It'll be another 401k plan that I'll have to do. Um, it just kind of throws me off a little bit. Um, what direct mail company did you mention before that? Uh, yeah. So I negotiated a, a deal with um, Todd Swaggerty with yellow letters HQ. You have that right. Um, so there's yellowletters.com and then there's yellow letter. I think it's yellowletterhq.com is his website. But if you Google yellow letters HQ, you should get Todd Swaggerty's company. It's in San Diego. I think we were at like 34 cents a postcard. If you were mailing 10,000 or more, if it's less than that a month, 36 cents a postcard. And he does uh, letters um, like with window envelopes for 50 cents a letter. So there's, there's some other things that might change that pricing slightly, but I negotiated a rate with him for our group. So he's one of the cheaper people out there and they do a good job. Um, uh, let's see. There's a ton of questions rolling in. Um, all right. Uh, where did I end up? Okay. I'd love to learn more about taxes and accounting for wholesaling and flipping. Do you, do you do your own bookkeeping or have an outside bookkeeper accountant? Uh, what income has to be reported and how? So Ben asked about taxes. Um, I'm not a tax accountant. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax guru, but I will say that um, I had my phone person do all the, all the answer, all the phones, go on appointments when I couldn't do the utilities setups for our flips, uh, do the books in QuickBooks. When I first got started, it was just me and her. And that's what we did. She, 
She had a little bit of a bookkeeping background. Um, then I hired a, a part-time bookkeeper. It wasn't very expensive. I think I was paying like three or $400 a month for bookkeeping um, from the start. And I took that away from Didi and I found out that she was doing okay, but not the way she should have been doing everything. So the bookkeeper had to clean up a lot of the things and she knows real estate. So that was very helpful. Uh, accountant, I used my bookkeeper to keep the books and then I used a local CPA that was really cheap for the past two years. Uh, so only recently when we started doing, you know, building a million dollar business that I care about accounting. So now um, I've gone to us, I strategized with a, a bigger ticket CPA this year to uh, kind of unravel and, and come up with strategies on how I can maximize my deductions and still show a good enough return for banks and all that stuff and come up with strategies that will help me uh, pocket more money. And he paid for himself this year. So um, what income has to be reported and how um, you're going to write off, you know, you're, you're on your own business. So write off everything that think about your strategy first. Okay. Do you want to go to a bank and get financing? So um, do you want to show a loss every year or a break even? It's very easy for real estate investors to show break even. If you want to go to a bank and start flipping houses and get cheap money and financing at the bank, um, you're going to want to show some income. So I'm at the point now where I'm trying to show income and I'm making sure that I don't have these huge deductions that are killing me uh, throughout the year. So just kind of think about that. And then as far as what gets reported, um, you know, the wholesale fees that you make get reported, the, the flips, your HUD to HUD minus repairs, all your overhead gets deducted. If you're driving around in mileage, make sure you're using mile IQ. If you're not using that thing, you, you got to use it. I used to track my stuff on Excel spreadsheets and I was driving for dollars and driving all around. It was a nightmare and I would be like two months behind. Now this mile IQ app is so awesome. So I use that. Um, eating out meals, stuff like that. Like, you know, get with a, a good tax accountant. I can tell you guys what I use, but this is going to be a boring call if we focus on taxes. Um, but I do think that it's, it's kind of important But before you worry about taxes, I'm going to encourage you to go out and make a lot of money. So if you make a lot of money, then you can worry about the taxes. So, um, Definitely, you, if you were at Flip Hacking Live, you saw Adam Ray's uh, presentation. What you don't want to run into is, I just made $300,000 in profit from my flipping company this year, and April 15th comes around, and you got to write a check for fifty or sixty or $70,000, and you don't have it. So definitely, you know, save, put some money over here for taxes, put some money over here to increase your marketing, and take some money out of the company if you need to, and roll it back in. So just kind of think about your, your money strategy as far as that goes. Ooh, man, it's a lot of talking. All right. Um, any follow-ups on that that I didn't answer? Um, just unmute yourself and otherwise I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, that was Ben. Let me see if I can find Ben. Where's Ben? Ben is a, maybe a phone or maybe he's off the call. He's like, I don't like that answer. I'm hanging up. Um, no, that was, that was great. Thank oh, there you. you are. You were, you were right there. I, okay. You were the one nodding your head while I was talking. Okay, cool. I said, it's going to be really boring if we talk about taxes. I saw you go. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So yeah, if, I mean, if there's anything that I didn't hit on, uh, you know, post specific question in the Facebook group and like about taxes and stuff like that, and we can get dig deeper on it. Um, okay. let's see. Uh, can you recommend someone we can use to do the website and Facebook? Um, I'll tell you who does my websites is Danny Johnson. So my, my websites are lead propeller sites. I did, um, I did build my own website and 
I think I, I just got a, an email saying like your website's been hacked and there's now porn on it. So um, it, it, the, my, the server that we hosted on has been hacked a lot. It's aggressively being hacked. So I'm going to move to another server, but so I, I did all the, I did all the stuff myself before I let anybody else try to do stuff for me. I have that problem. So I don't encourage you to do that. Um, I just wanted a credibility website. I just wanted something for people to go look at that. I had a site and it was up. I, Danny, I, since I, I used to try to convert buyers leads to and sellers leads on my website to our buyers list and everything. And when I started using lead propeller sites to convert my buyers, it was like a six to one conversion. It was so much better. Like people were putting in their email addresses on there when they weren't putting them on my website for some reason. So, um, I, so I highly encourage you guys to use this service. I think he's awesome. I think they're, they're, I don't know, all their products are really good. Um, as far as Facebook goes, um, if you're talking about a business Facebook page, I, I would just, I just quickly set one up and start posting some things in there. Um, I, I'm, these kind of things I would worry about like after I went out and started marketing and doing deals, I was flipping houses with no website and no no business Facebook page. I didn't have a business. I was flipping houses in my own name. Um, I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have anybody working for me. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want you guys to put the cart before the horse with some of this stuff. Um, like go out, make offers, analyze properties, do deals, then start worrying about this stuff. I, I hired, it took me, a year and a half to hire a girl at $12 an hour to run my Facebook page. Now I see, I get a lot of private money from my Facebook page and um, I don't, I, we don't, we don't get deals from Facebook. Typically we've tried that a little bit. We struggled with it. Um, we have, I've done some, I've boosted posts. I've tried to do my own Facebook marketing right now. We put content out there and build content on Facebook and really I use it for raising money. I raise a lot of money from my uh, network on Facebook. Um, my website I use to convert leads. Um, Danny does SEO for me. So he has gotten me a good ranking as far as an organic uh, ranking on the, my website. That is expensive. So I'd recommend you start putting your money in other marketing channels. And then when you have $1,000 a month to flush down the toilet, you start worrying about SEO. Um, so that's my take on websites and Facebook. Um, you know, some other people might have some different opinions. If there's any uh, follow-up on that, Bach, you good on that one? Anything else that you want to? Okay, if there's anything else specific, um, drop something in there. Yeah, I got a quick question for you, Bill. You said yeah. you generated most of your money, your private money from your Facebook. Is that through ads, through friends, through family? Are you doing some sort of post? Yeah, no, like um, – it, yeah, I, I do a lot of posts of like uh, previous lenders have made this if anybody's interested. I did a post last year at the end of the year saying like um, uh, I'm paying my private money lenders like $50,000 this year. I want to pay them 100000 next year if you're interested in get, having a piece of that, send me a message. And then I share that on my personal page and I get friends, family, warm network. I got like colleagues, uh, previous people I flew with in the military reach out to me. Um, and, and I also will post like, Hey, we're buying three houses this month. Our private money lenders are like friends, family, um, uh, coworkers, people I know. If you're interested in making a return back with real estate, send me a message or email me at this address. And it's just, and it just repetition, right? Repetition is what it was all about. So we get the snowball rolling down the hill and now people are really like jumping on that. And 
Um, it's a long play. It's a long-term game. It took me a while to, to get that going, but now people will just add money or reach out to me and say, Hey, I was at a, you know, I was at like my uncle, uh, for example, uh, two weeks ago was at his 40th high school reunion. And there was a guy who sold his company for like 4 million bucks and he doesn't know what to do with the money. So he said, Hey, maybe my, uh, my nephew would be interested in talking to you about that. And he happens to live in Nashville. So it's like, works out really great. We can just meet up and maybe we can get a couple million of his, his money. I'm curious on that. Actually, if when they are these notes, mortgages, or I mean, so if these people are investing in you, I mean, is there any like SEC or uh, stuff you got to do? And uh, finally, um, sorry, long question, but uh, do you only pay them interest when you actually use their money or do you borrow it for a time period and pay them back? Everything that you just said is negotiable when I meet with that private money lender. Is like, what, what do you need? Uh, are you worried about security? Um, is your return more important? Is liquidity important to you? What do, do you want to be in, the, in? Are you investing with us for six months or are you investing with us for 20 years? Like, you know, if a tree falls on your house tomorrow, do you need the money back? How, tell me about yourself. Uh, let me underwrite you as a lender to see if I want to work with you and how we can work together. And then I just say, what do you need? Like, uh, yeah, as far as SEC regulations, there is. Um, you can look up blue sky laws if you really want to dig deep on unsecured money and how much and how many people and in your state, every state is different. Um, I wouldn't recommend digging into that too deep because there's only going to really be an issue uh, and I realize I'm being recorded right now. So the only time there's really going to be an issue with this stuff is if, um, if you don't give somebody's money back and they start suing you and then the SEC starts digging in, like the SEC is going to, I hope not, unless they keep watching all these videos, going to knock on my door and ask about the unsecured private money that I have from multiple lenders and say that I'm, I'm managing a fund. So what you don't want to do is be managing a security when you don't have any security licensing or a security in place. And That's what the business bureau was asking me for. I'm like, ah, I don't have one of those. Yeah, just, just be careful with that stuff. And I'm not going out there saying, do you want a, uh, who needs a secured, safe investment at 15% interest on this house? So I don't ever put a security out. If you talk about past returns, past performance, things you've done in the past with other lenders, perfectly legal. I'm not out there saying, I got this property, I need $150,000, I'm willing to pay 12%, who's interested? That would be me posting a security public, publicly on my Facebook page, which maybe could be argued that it's semi-private because everybody that, I, that I'm friends with, I know, which is also not true. So, um, so just keep that in mind of you know, how you're marketing this stuff. You know, I'm not sending out a postcard saying, Got this house under contract. If you want to finance it at 15% interest, uh, give me a call at this number. I might get in trouble for that. Any chance we can get your uh, your posts just so we have a template? Yeah. Uh, I, I, here, I will I will encourage all of you guys to um, to go to my page, like it, and steal everything that I have. That is probably the greatest statement I've ever heard said. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's, that's what I did. I just look at everything other people put on there, go to that Facebook page that I've just posted in the, in the chat, like it and, uh, and steal, rip everything off. You can see like we post Facebook lives, we update our lenders on what's going on. I send a quarterly update via email about the company, the market, things like that. Um, I talk about using their IRAs and 401ks if they don't know about that to contact me, um, all that stuff. Um, 
there's a couple posts in my slides from the flip hacking live event that has some posts, but go on there, like it, and just go back in history and you can see all the posts that we'll put out. I'll do one soon. Um, I'm not really like, I'm always like indirectly marketing for money, but unless I really need it, I'm not out there like posting that once a week. Um, so, but I should be like, we should be posting that more, um, just to build our bench of, of lenders. Um, okay. So that's, okay. That's money. I don't know. How, oh, Facebook. That's how we got on it. Okay. Um, just getting started. Peter said, I'm just going to start a rehab, sold one property. It's an escrow and I expect to complete and list the second property I'm currently doing in approximately six. Awesome, man. I have very limited funds available for marketing. I only want to target to complete six, oh, to complete six to 10 flips in the next 12 months. What is the simplest, most cost-effective marketing program to get started? I'm an old guy and not digitally savvy. Okay. Let me see if I can find the old guy. Uh, Peter, Peter, where are you? Peter, raise your hand. Peter, maybe he's on the phone. Oh, he's on the phone. Okay. All right, cool. So I think for a lot of us in this group, right, we don't have a lot of marketing money, so we need to be efficient with it. I think, Peter, you need to ask yourself very specifically, um, can someone else or the MLS provide me six to 10 properties in the next 12 months? So I don't know what market you're in. That might help. But if you're in a market where you can network and, and provide that, like a wholesaler can, like a guy like me, a wholesaler can provide that to you in the next 12 months, I might focus building relationships that way. And being the guy at the RIA meeting who talks to all the new wholesalers, says, if you get a deal, send it to me first. Um, and, and market and be very, you know, save your money on these bigger marketing schemes. Cause I tried to market for my own flips in the beginning. And the struggle that I had was, um, I'd get a lot of crap come across our, my desk. That was a deal. We could probably make money on it, but it didn't flip. It didn't fit my flipping criteria, like the house I wanted to flip. So I didn't have a wholesaling business set up. I didn't want to set a wholesaling business up in the beginning. So I gave those leads to other wholesalers. They stunk. They didn't, get, they didn't close any deals. They didn't ever send me a check. So I was basically just flushing my money down the toilet. Um, if I would go back and do it again and I only wanted to market for my own flips, I would use ListSource to create a very targeted list of bedrooms, bathrooms that I want, specific areas, draw a map, and maybe just market to that and in the price point that I want and whittle that criteria down so my list is cheap and my mailers are cheap. So if I get a deal or two that way, it's going to work. Um, and be consistent and come up with a small budget for that. Um, the problem is you got to answer the phone. You got to go on those appointments. You got to negotiate the deal. If you want to be a flipper, wouldn't it be nice if you could just work with the wholesaler who did all that for you and then provided that deal to you? Um, I know everybody's like, I don't want to give up that spread. They add another $10,000. The deals are too tight. So if you're in a market that it is too tight like that, and there's no, not a lot of deals on the MLS or they're few and far between, then we got to come up with another strategy for you. But even in my market of Pensacola, there's a guy that I know that flips like 15 houses a year just on the MLS. And I lost money on the last MLS deal I did. So, and that was two years ago and I just gave up. But that's all he does. The day it hits the market, he goes and looks at it. He puts, he puts offers in on all the foreclosures, on all the deals. Uh, people bring him deals. He's, he's a network. He has not spent a dime on marketing. I'm doing three JVs with him where he brought me the deal, he's doing the rehab, and I'm funding the whole deal, and we're doing a 50-50 split. Because he, he can't find money, he doesn't know how to do that part of the, the business, but 
wholesalers bring them deals that I don't know that aren't bringing me deals and we'll just partner on them. So if you can network and do that kind of stuff, it's free. Um, I don't, and, but if you have the ability to do six to 10 flips that way, that's the route that I would go um, instead of dumping a lot of money down on marketing uh, for houses and leads that may not fit my criteria unless I have another way to, to dispose of that, those properties as they come through across my desk. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, and I didn't crush your marketing dreams. Um, so if there's a follow on to that or anybody has anything hit me, we've got a ton of questions here. Um, Oh, uh, what's this? Okay. I'm an old guy and not digitally savvy. Yeah. Um, hit it the old school way, Peter, um, go network with people, meet people, talk about what you're doing. Um, go to the RIA meetings and tell them you, you're looking for deals, anything you'll analyze it. You want to see it, make offers. If a wholesaler sends out a deal, make an offer on it. Even if it's $20,000 less than their asking price, make an offer. You might be the only one that did and they might not have any other offers and they might be having to go back and cancel a contract. I just had a guy who made an offer on one of our properties. We didn't have anybody else that was interested. Nobody else went to look at it. We went back and renegotiated with the seller down $15,000 to make money on the deal. So let, uh, let the wholesaler go back and do work for you as the flipper. You might be the only one to put in the offer. So if you take the time to analyze it, look at it, do all your due diligence and you just go, man, that he's asking way too much. I'm just going to delete this email. You're, you're, you're missing the point. As a wholesaler myself, make an offer. I don't care how low it is. I, I might get pissed off. I might delete your email. But if you are the only person that makes an offer, it at least gives me something to work with if nobody else does and I have to go back to that seller to renegotiate. Because I'll tell you how it works in my world. If I don't have an offer and I have to re go back and renegotiate, I, I don't know where I need to be. I don't know if I have to renegotiate 10,000 or 20 or 50 on the deal. If, no, if somebody sends me an offer, I have a number, now I can go back and renegotiate. Worst thing that happens is they say, nah, sorry, I can't do that low and we walk away. We were gonna walk away anyway. So um, I'm sure that spawned a lot of questions with everybody else. So other than wholesalers, uh, what's another good avenue to find properties, not MLS? Like what about real estate agents? Yep, real estate agents, absolutely. Yeah, network with real estate agents. Um, if you want to deal with them, find the agents that are, um, if you want agents to put offers in for you on the MLS, you're going to have to find newer agents that don't have a big book of business and they're willing to just don't you, be careful burning them out. You burn agents out really quick. Um, if you want them to scour and look on the MLS and if you are marketing and the, the best thing that you can do is hand agents, those listing leads that don't fit your criteria if you're marketing and, and not ask anything from them if you want something else from them. So let them go make a $10,000 commission and they will be yours for a long time. So um, we're always trying to like squeeze every dime we can from the agents. Sometimes if you're just getting going in a market to, you know, get those connections and get them to work is like, just send them a retail lead, let them convert it. If they convert it and list it and sell it. I mean, they make a seven, $8,000 commission and you don't ask for anything in return. You're going to get a lot back from that agent down the road. So um, I've burned out agents in my markets making offers for me in the past. So you think it's, uh, I have a deal with an, an agent right now where she's kind of acting like my acquisitions manager, where she goes out, I give her my leads that I get from my marketing and she goes out there and tries to get under contract. But if it gets too close to retail, cause we can't get enough, uh, spread on it. I just tell her, go ahead and list it. But I ask for 25% of the commission as a referral fee. 
Is that you're saying that's a bad idea? No, no. If I mean, if you guys, if if she's your acquisitions manager, that's another thing. But if it's just an agent running around there that's you know trying to make money, and we're squeezing thirty percent or twenty five percent off of their commission, and we just handed them a phone number and an email, um, just think about what you want that agent to do for you. Um, they're not going to work for free. So um, I, I do the same thing. I have an agent that we refer leads to. She gets the listing. She sells it. You know, I, I take anywhere from 30 to 50%. It used to be 50% because I was running the team. I have a license and I was the team leader and she was part of my team. So I paid for everything for her. Now she's out on her own paying for everything. So I take 30%. Um, do you typically work with just one agent in your area or do you just kind of jump around, use a lot of different agents? Yeah, I don't really like real estate agents that much. Um, I, I, I am an agent, so uh, I think I can say that. Um, but they, yeah, I, I, she's the only one that we work with. I mean, I, have, I work with the other ones in my office. We're in a small office, have 10 agents in the office. So the broker, I'm really open with the broker. I help teach some classes down there about investing for her and, and marketing and stuff. So um, yeah, I'll work with some of those agents, but I don't know. They all seem like they're always really greedy. So I, I'm not actively making offers on the MLS right now because of that. So um, I have a good relationship with the other guy. He's an agent and him and I JV on a lot of deals. So if he gets one from the MLS, I'll usually fund it and for, for us. And that's good enough for him for 50% of the deal. So I let him scour the MLS. Um, it's just kind of a strategic partnership that we use. I let him scour the MLS and I, I work the off-market stuff. So um, that's kind of how I do it. And as I was getting going, yeah, I, I had some agents, I was trying to work with them, but you know, they, they just weren't working hard enough for me. Like nobody's going to work hard enough for you than you. So, um, don't be afraid to work with a couple agents, but if you really want to build a relationship, um, you know, be commit to, to somebody like, you know, if they're going to be making 20, 30 offers, but I always say, if, if you bring me a deal from the MLS, I say, every time I go to one of these meetings with agents, I say, look, if you bring me a deal from the MLS and I buy it, you'll get the commission there and I'll also give you the listing on the back end. I tell that to every agent I meet. Nobody ever does it. So um, I don't understand. I mean, they can make multiple commissions from us and why they don't work with us. So just go find, find me. I, I, I taught a class at my company, the company that I'm with, with 10 agents, and they were all like all about it. Nobody has even sent me a single MLS listing. It's like this is free money. I can buy an unlimited number of properties if they make sense. Uh, and, and I told him, if you send me a property that looks good and you give me the numbers of what you think it will sell for and what you think the repairs are, I'll look at it. We'll make an offer on it. I guarantee you I'll make an offer hundred percent. They might not like my offer, but we'll make an offer on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I know at some point you, you should be a little bit, um, uh, loyal to the agent that you're working with at some point. So. Um, all right. Uh, what's the name of the bookkeeping again? It's uh, REI books. I think it's REI books.com. It might be REI book.com. I don't know. Let me see. Um, maybe if you Google REI books, it looks like Johnny's checking that out for me. <laughs> He's like, hammer. Uh, yeah, REI books. I use them too. REI books.com. REI books.com. You use them? Yeah. Are they good? Are amazing. I mean, oh. they. They hooked me up. I mean, they were only supposed to do for this year, but I just started last year. So just to go ahead and get my whole, you know, tax, everything in the story, they did last year for free for me. Oh, so, man. Dude, yeah. these guys. Don't promote that. Don't, don't tell everybody about that. 
Yeah. Wow. No, trust me. I, I hooked them up for it. I, awesome. I only started uh, like, I only had like 30 transactions last year. That's why. Uh, Cause I hadn't done much. Most of my stuff is from this year, but these guys, I mean, they give you PNLs, they give you your own QuickBooks. You got logged in. They give you spreadsheets with questions. Every time you have anything out there, they are just phenomenal. They're on top of everything. It's it's Joni and who? Uh, what is his? What's her husband's name? Do you remember? Uh, uh, crap. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm trying to. Oh, Joni and Kirk. Yeah. Kirk. Oh, okay. It's reibooksonline.com. Rei yeah, I was just about to say that. I forgot the online part. Reibooksonline.com. I'm going to post it in here. So. Let's go under my yeah. email. Reibooksonline.com. I, I, I tried to go reibooks.com and it, it like never, it always says it doesn't exist. Um, discount code with Yellow HQ? No, just tell them, tell them you're with the six figure and seven figure flipping and that Bill Allen told you to contact them and they'll hook you up. Um, you can, you can email, uh, you can try to find Todd Swaggerty on Facebook. Um, I think they have a Facebook page that you can comment on there. You can send them a message. You can, um, you can email their admin and say, you want the seven figure flipping discount, you know, something like that. So, um, just make sure that you're getting the, the right prices. It should be like no more than 36 cents. Um, if you're under 10,000 and 34 cents over 10,000. So. Um, uh, also, if anyone needs a referral code for Investor Fuse, which is a CRM for Podio, uh, I got one for you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, post that in the Facebook group. You got uh, it. So the Investor Fuse stuff for Podio is the CRM that I use and a lot of people do. And I think they give like half off the first month to each person. So yeah, help Johnny out with some cash off his Investor Fuse. Uh, yeah, there's no like, uh, I don't have like an affiliate code to yellow letter HQ or anything like that. So just talk to them about the, I just negotiated it with them a lot like the list source discount we have. Um, uh, let's see, Lou said, I'm starting to talk to private lenders and I want to understand the numbers a lot better. How do you explain the numbers to a lender if they give you a hundred thousand dollars at 10% interest rate? Um, yeah. So let's see, where's Lou? Um, okay. I see you. Hey buddy. How are you? Um, yeah, I, uh, when I, yeah, when I talk to them, um, I guess you mean like, how does that conversation go? So, um, if, if well, they're, I, I, I'm trying to understand the numbers. Is it just a simple interest rate? Yeah. Simple interest, like, fixed, interest. fixed interest rate. So, uh, simple interest, no other fees. So for that, they'd get $10,000 at the end of the year. So, uh, what, just under a thousand dollars a month, something like nine, I don't know, uh, whatever. And, and, and what I do is I pay them. I pay them as late as I can. So if they want to note at 100,000 and 10%, what I try to do is balloon, balloon them with a one-year minimum. Like the longer balloon I can get on that note, the less compounding interest I have to pay, right? So if somebody wants to keep their money with me for five years, and let's say they would just want to write me a check for 100,000 at 10% interest rate, and they never want to uh, talk to me again, right? And give me my money back in five years. And so in five years, it'll be $150,000. Very easy, right? 10% a year non-compounding interest. So it'll be $150,000 in five years. Now, if they want to renew the note every year and it balloons every year and they renew it every year, then after year one, it's $105,000. After year two, it's $110,500. And I'm not that good at math to keep going and compounding mm -hmm. that. You know, they're basically getting another 500 the first year and 550 the second year. And it, it, you see where I'm, or 650 to say, you see where I'm going there. 
Um, so you're paying a little bit more by compounding it every year. Um, you can compound it quarterly, uh, biannually. You can pay them monthly interest-only payments. Uh, you can amortize it. I keep it very simple where I try to balloon everybody's note. And then it comes down a lot of times to who's your lender. If your lender is an older guy who's maybe in his 70s who uses this money to go buy groceries every month, they want, might want monthly payments, interest-only, right? If it's, um, if it's somebody who's using their IRA and they're 40 years old, and they can't touch their IRA till they're 59 and a half, then they might not care about ever, see, ever getting the money back until they're 59 and a half. So you might have that money for 20 years and you'll never have to pay a dime on it. All you do is you know, renew the note every year, every two years or five years at a new interest rate or, you know, and now you're compounding it and they never ask for it back and you never actually have to pay. And all you do is deduct it on your taxes every year. And that's, that's pretty much where we've been. I haven't paid out a ton. I pay out, some people need quarterly payments, but I, I, hope, I go for the people who never want their money back. They don't talk to me a lot. And they just say yes to everything that I propose to them. So. Uh, for the self-directed IRA stuff, I mean, I get it from a conceptual point, but where could I go to learn the details? So if someone wants to invest that way with me, that I could set that up like how to get their money into the IRA or well, how the, the idea, yeah, they were transferred from a traditional or Roth into the self-directed. I get that. But how do I get access to that cash? Yeah. So same way they just fill out a very simple direction of direction of investment form. So you create a note or a mortgage for them. Uh, your, you or your title company send that to the IRA company and they review it. And then they wire the money to the title company. If you want it directly to your bank account, I send my promissory note to the, top, to the uh, IRA company. They review it. And on the direction of investment form, it says, here's the guy's wiring instructions. The next day or two days later, it comes to my account. Done. Yeah, I was going to say, do you need a title company for that? O only, only if you're running mortgages, usually. So like if, if it's going to be a first position mortgage on a property, then I have, I have two lenders that do that with their IRAs. And so then the title company just wires it directly to the title, or the IRA company wires it directly to the title company for closing. So they, Hey, we're closing tomorrow. Can you wire it today? Yeah, sure. No problem. Here's the HUD. Here's all the, here's the mortgage documents. They wire it in. So, so when you sell, it goes back to them and it just stays in their IRA and you're not paying interest on it, right? Yeah, exactly. So when we sell the property, it goes back into their IRA, it goes back to the IRA custodian. And then it takes us another like 10 days to get the money back. So there's about, a, there's a, anywhere from seven days to two weeks to turn that money back around to another property. So that's another way that I sell the unsecured money. Like, hey, give it to us. We'll keep it at the title company. We'll keep it at my lawyer's office. And if there's five days, like I'll try to use your money back to back. So we'll sell a property and buy a property within a couple days. Um, that way we can avoid all the issues that come with that just by keeping the money there and we'll roll it into the next deal. So some people are okay with that. So uh, most of my IRA money is not on mortgages uh, because of that. So. But believe me, there's a lot of trust involved when it comes to that. So, yeah. um, Steven, so hopefully, did, uh, Lou, did I answer your question on the money stuff? Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay. You Any, did. Anything, Thank you. anything else? Any follow? You're good with that? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, just the biggest thing for me is I want to feel out what that lender needs and hopefully it fits what I need. But if not, let's make it a win-win. So if they need the if they need it secured because they feel comfortable that way and that's 
that's what they have to have. It's just like talking to a seller, right? They have yeah. these, these things that are going on in their life that we're a problem we're trying to solve. What's the problem the lender is trying to solve? Um, are they not doing the deal with me because um, they're worried about the risk? Are they not doing the deal with me because the interest rate's not high enough and they're not making enough on their money? Like what, what is the deal? And then make it a win-win, make a trade-off. So, okay, if you need the security, maybe we come down a percent or two um, and then I'll secure it um, just because it costs me more money to do that. Um, and just have a conversation with them. So. Okay. Um, Steven said, should we just ask Kyle? Oh, is there a, a discount yellow letter account? Uh, just ask Kyle. So, uh, yeah, yellow, yellow letters.com. Um, we do have some affiliate links. I know I have one. Um, I think Mike and Mike ha have one. It'll get you, um, 10% off your yellow letters. If you use yellow letters.com, which is Michael Coral's company. Um, I have an affiliate link there. If somebody needs 10%, I think Mike and Mike have it too. Some of you guys might have an affiliate link, but if you need that, let me know if you're using yellowletters.com and you can get their platinum membership. It's like 200 bucks. At least it used to be when I used them a couple years ago as, and you get 15% off of everything that you do. It still didn't equal 34 to 36 cents. It was more like 38 to 39 cents a postcard when I was doing it. Um, I would highly encourage you guys to try to go local for your mailings too. Um, I've been able to get my price down a lot from a local uh, place. Um, I'm at 32.2 cents with a local uh, fulfillment center by in Pensacola and my local stuff, the owner occupied that goes out standard mail, I'm at 28.9 cents, so really cheap postcards. Um, let's see, uh, Rich and Sophie said, uh, we're, uh, we're planning on, oh, hi Rich and Sophie, they said hi. Uh, we're planning on starting with PPC as our self-initiated lead generation channel. We don't currently have any staff, so since we're Coming up on a series holiday, should we hold off on starting PPC uh, and then post a job ad for December? Uh, personal agenda. Our thinking is that because of the winter and the holidays, you might not get many hits from PPC. Okay, so uh, all awesome questions, and I think it's very similar to what a lot of people think. Um, I don't like the idea. Uh, PPC is not a very heavily trafficked, like you're not going to get a ton of leads. Um, you guys were both working full-time, right? Do I have that right? Uh, so, okay. So, so yeah, we talked about having to get to those leads right away. Right. So, uh, so I think you should consider that last year we did more deals in December than we did any other month. Um, and we weren't sure why, um, one of them may be because our competition is thinking exactly like you, uh, the holidays are coming up. Nobody wants to sell their house. So I'm not going to, I'm going to shut down my marketing machine for the next two months and let Bill Allen take over and dominate the market and steal all the deals. And I hope they do it again this year because I have doubled down my marketing in November and December this year. Like I am just, I'm just going to get after it because I know what happened last year. And I'm, I'm really, really certain that people in my market think they should just stop marketing in November, December. It's crazy. Um, but as far as you guys go, um, I, I think, I think that what happens is during the holidays, people have issues, right? They want Christmas money all of our sellers in November and December, they wanted to close before Christmas. Like that was their only request. Like, can you close my house before Christmas? And cause they wanted, they needed the, they wanted the money, right? They wanted the money to go buy gifts, I guess, or, or go travel or, or go on vacation or, you know, it makes sense. Right. When you think of it that way, instead of the other way. So believe me, we are in an irrational business. We're trying to be rational people in an irrational business. So what you're going to find is that, 
the sellers are crazy. You never know what they're going to do. So I never stop. I don't stop marketing on Thanksgiving week. My mail goes out on Christmas week. My mail goes out New Year's Eve mail goes out the day after, you know, any day that I can get to mail out my cards, they go out. I don't change my message. I don't put a Christmas message on there. I'm not doing anything crazy, but um, that's what, that's what we do. And that's what we did last year. And now we were really, really successful in December last year. Now past, past performance doesn't dictate future results, right? I'm not sure what's going to happen. So if you've ever invested in the stock market, that's like stock market 101. Past performance doesn't dictate future results. Same goes for this company. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on the fact that we'll have some, we'll be making some Christmas money this year. So, so what about the difference between letters or postcards and, and PPC, right? There's a little bit of a ramp up. You need to have a squeeze page or a site. I mean, there's some back end that you need to build. What, out. What's your market again? We're in uh, Illinois. Chicago yeah. Oh, Chicago. You're Chicago, right? Right. So we've got the winter. Okay. It's, it's like 29 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, I was in Pensacola last year. It's, it's, it gets cold, but uh, our pipes freeze for like a week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you, you consider that, but I mean, why not buy houses then? Uh, what I think is as a flipper, I want to buy in December because I'm selling in like February, March, April. So also think about who you're going to wholesale these deals to, like who's going to buy them from you. Are they still going to be buying in November, December in your markets? Um, if you're in like Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Michigan, I, I, you know, uh, Ohio, those areas that get a lot of snow, Dakotas, I, I don't know what they do. So think about that. Talk to the other investors in your market to find out, you know, do they, does the buying slow down? What happens in the winter? Do people stop? Um, but, <clears throat> and I think that that would be, uh, might be a little bit smarter play to try to figure out what your market's like, but. Um, there's going to be people selling houses and you guys are buying houses, right? You guys, you guys have some cash to buy. So right. if that's the case, I, I'd be on it. I mean, even if it has to sit for a month or two until it thaws out a little bit and you can start working or you're working on the inside, you just can't paint yet. <laughs> I mean, consider that. Um, just, I don't think about it from, from both ends. I, I don't, I don't really think that the leads aren't going to stop. Um, I mean, people probably, I don't know. Who knows, man? Uh, Christmas Day, people might be really pissed off because they had a crappy Christmas, don't have any money, and they're Googling, how do I sell my rental property or how do I sell this house? Or the tenant just trashed and burned down my house with their drunk on eggnog and burned the house down. I, I, I don't know what leads we're going to get. People are crazy, I'm telling you. Um, just when I think that I've seen it all, uh, something else happens. So um, try not to overthink it. Just look at, your, you know, look at your budget and your ability to take those calls. Maybe you guys work in full-time jobs as you are, you know, you have off during uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So maybe it's time that you could answer the phone and go on appointments and do that stuff. So um, just try to think of what, you know, and maybe you don't have to be as aggressive to get to those leads during that time because your comp competition is sleeping. I actually um, use Pat Live to answer my calls when I'm at work. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and they could do that. Like, you know, get, Pat Live or Keener Communications, uh, some of these different companies that do answering services to answer those PPC calls and set an appointment for every single one of them for you. And then, and now the appointment's set, they're not going to call the next PPC client and, you know, just put that into your budget of whatever it is, 500 bucks a month or whatever. Not even that, a hundred bucks, 120 bucks. Oh, there you go. 50 minutes. So, yeah. And you're not going to get a ton of calls with PPC. I'm telling you right now. So, yeah, no. and I think that's a great, that's a great way to go. Just have them set every appointment. Uh, so their criteria is just set the appointment. 
so and don't then, hire someone full time yet. Go with something like Live Answer, you know, with, with one of these services. Yeah, you might you might want to do that. I, I think it's a great idea because the person that answers live is not necessarily going to get every call. So um, instead of having a rollover service, you could just start that way, especially if it's just PPC. You'll probably get, depending on your budget, you'll probably only get like 10 to 12 leads a, a month. Um, so it's not a ton. Uh, you're not going to, you're certainly not going to use all your minutes um, with yeah, that live. They're, hmm? they're, oh, they're out 24-7 and they're English and Spanish. Yeah. Hmm, great. Okay. That, that, that'd be great for Chicago. And yeah. So I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great plan. Roll it out, see how it goes. Um, and then they set the appointment. They're not going to click on the next, they think the house is gone. Some, most of them will. The appointment's set. Now they can relax and calm down. And then um, you can call back and requalify before you go on the appointment. So you're not wasting time on, you know, crazy people. Um, and you go on half of those appointments and you get one or two. I think it's a good plan. All right. Great. Thanks guys. All right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Nathan, Nathan said, do, do I skip trace? If so, who, Oh my God, I got like 50 questions here coming up. All right. Do you skip trace? If so, who do you use and have you had good success with it? Uh, I'm not going to belabor this. I do skip trace. I use TLO, but we very rarely skip trace. I don't do cold outbound cold calling right now. There's a lot of people that are talking about how it's been successful for them. Um, I do have it in the plan. It's on my list of 500 things that I need to do. It's moving towards the top, but more things have been more important to me and we're making good enough money on our lead sources right now that I don't do it. I'll, I skip trace every, I skip trace lots of people, uh, people that apply for my job positions. I'll skip trace them to find out more about them. If they're telling the truth on their resume, um, I can get some background information on them. Um, does their driver's license number match what they sent me and uh, stuff like that. Um, I'm skip tracing all of you guys right now. Um, I'm just kidding. Good luck. Um, but yeah, I use TLO. Um, I know people have been having problems with that. Um, if you want to do some bulk skip tracing, post it in the six-figure group. Um, some of the, um, the eight-figure members who are doing that will definitely jump in on it. Um, I know I've talked to a couple different people about bulk skip tracing and the advantages and the pricing on it. Um, there's VAs that can get you 25 cents a lead. TLO, I think, does bulk skip tracing around that. Um, if you upload your list, stuff like that. So um, I'm not a pro on that. So I'm going to defer that to someone who does a bunch of it. But um, I do use TLO to skip trace occasionally. Um, let's see. Addendum to my previous message. I already have a published lead propeller site, but no response. Oh, Peterson, no responses yet. Yeah. So um, I already have a published lead propeller site. So if you're thinking that you can put up a lead propeller seller site and they're going to start putting their information in as motivated sellers to uh, sell you their house. Um, that's not the case. I mean, it's just not the case. It's, you really have to work on SEO and, and working on that site. And I know Danny, um, they do it for people. Um, it has some basic stuff that will rank, but, um, I mean, I activated my site and it was like page eight or 10 in Pensacola, um, just right out of the gate. It just takes time. Um, so, I mean, I'm paying a thousand bucks a month now to try to get it to rank. So don't think that that's going to be your lead source. Like you're going to get a lead propeller site or even investor carrot or any of these companies. And it's just going to work for you automatically. Organic traffic is expensive up front, And then it takes time to get that traffic. Um, Danny has some awesome, like it, jump on his lead propeller stuff. Look at it. He's got webinars and things like that, that you can do it on your own for free. Um, to start building some SEO and building traffic, but it takes time. So it's not going to just start like that. Um, how many mailings did you send before the first deal, deal came through? Um, 
JJ asked, uh, okay, I, so I sent six, I personally, all right, I'm going to go over here. Uh, it's, it's 8.35, but we're just going to keep going for a little bit longer because I have uh, another 50 questions here. All right, um, first deal, I sent for six months, I sent a thousand letters, so handwritten letters for six months, and I got nothing. I thought I might have gotten one deal, but I didn't. My tracking method was bad. I didn't have a CRM. I was using pieces of paper and notebooks and sticky notes, and uh, it was so disorganized, it was bad. After that, I joined Seven Figure Flipping, and I hired a person to answer the phone, and I started mailing more. I think I was mailing, I have to pull up the numbers, but I think I was mailing about three or 4,000 a month, and I thought I was like a really big deal, because in Pensacola, nobody was mailing that much. Um, so I came out the gate mailing a bunch. It took me three months to get my first deal uh, mailing. So I mailed, what, uh, 10,500 postcards before I got my first deal. But part of that was based on the fact that I was not able to get to a lot of appointments. So we were heavily screening the people that were calling us. Uh, we were screening and whittling them down so much that we probably lost a lot of deals. So after three months, I hired an acquisitions person to go on all these appointments. And when she did, she just started dropping contracts like crazy. We just started doing really well. Two, two contracts a month, three contracts a month, five contracts, six contracts a month, and it started building from there. So um, it's really hard for me to say kind of what, what it's going to take for you to get a deal, depending on what your market is or what the competition's like or what you're sending. But what I'll say is consistent, persistent marketing over and over and over again for us has been, has been the, the game changer for us. So I put, I, I played around with lots of different postcards, different things, different messages. And for me, I think it was a horrible idea. Uh, we send just the same postcard over and over now. It's got our company logo on it. It's got a better business bureau logo on it, which I don't think is required, but it's just nice to see. Um, and they see our company mail every month, every two months. And they know that we are, if they have to call somebody, it's not the person that sent them the first card. It's hopefully it's the company that's consistently mailing. They're in the neighborhood. They are the company that does business there. It's branded. They see us. We're not going away. Um, we've been around, we've been sending them letters for sending postcards for two years. And so they're going to call us. I hope that's the answer. So, um, like, can you break down estimated response percentage possible uh, deals also out of that? So how many close? Um, response rate, I was seeing about one and a half to 2% when I started mailing in Pensacola, just because a lot of these people didn't have cards before. Um, that's averaged out to about 1%, 0.8 to 1% now. Um, and on multiple mailings, the response rate goes down a little bit, but the motivation goes up. So it's really hard to... JJ to compare my market to another market. When we started mailing in Chattanooga this year um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we saw, I saw a two and a half to 3% response rate for my first mailing. It was overwhelming, but that's just because nobody has hit that place that hard. Like the competition was lower. Um, there, there weren't people mailing 20,000 postcards a month and people that had like 20 or 30% equity, there's no way they ever got a card before. So they're trying wondering what was going on. Response rate doesn't dictate deals, doesn't dictate the number of appointments, doesn't tell you anybody how motivated it is. I could give you a postcard that has a 15% response rate, but you set less appointments than my postcard does. I, I would argue that that's a worse postcard to send. I don't want to put my people through 500 calls a week 
to set five appointments when I can give them 150 calls a week to set 15 appointments, if that makes sense. So when you're talking about numbers, make sure you know what exactly what you're talking about. What Don't compare apples to oranges, compare apples to apples. So um, I encourage you to dip your toe in the water. If you want to do direct mail, send it out, see what the response rate is and then make some changes and, and tweak and find out what's going on. So you're not ever gonna know your market until you send out the piece of mail, you see what happens, see the response rate and, and find out what's going on. Unless somebody in your market will tell you what, what they get, but even then they might be really crappy at what they do. Um, and then how many close, it, you know, where we close, it depends. We close probably 85% of what we get in Pensacola. Um, the other 15% go with uh, maybe bad deal, a little bit too high, can't find the right buyer. Something comes up when we do an inspection, like termites are eating the whole house. Title issues, probate uh, that we didn't know about. Um, uh, power of attorney is not good. Um, there's, it's not properly notarized or uh, witnessed, that kind of stuff. So, um, all right, I'm going to fly through some of these. Uh, I'm sorry that I have to do this, but um, we could stay out here and talk till 10 p.m. And you guys get a weekly call like this. So, um, and if I don't get your questions, I'll try to get them all. If I don't get this question, all the questions, um, post them in the Facebook group. So, um, okay. What does that code give? Clark asked that. I don't know what that was about. Maybe the investor fuse thing. It gives a uh, half off your, your first month, I think, and gives, uh, Johnny or whoever sends you the code half month off their first or a couple hundred bucks or something. Um, does that price include postage for yellow letters? Yes. Yeah. That's postage included first class, uh, postcard postage. It's like a four by, I don't know, four by five and a half. Um, I think there's like one, like one or two colors or one side's color or something. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, oh yeah. Saving blowing up return on investments. 10, man, I should have put my referral code in there. Get those guys paid. They deserve it. They've been working hard in six figure flipping. So return on investments 10 is the code for 10% off yellow letters. So um, Merry Christmas. I'd like to buy your house. Awesome. Uh, and can you move out before the new year? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you, let me give you a little bit here. So we've got these people, right. That, um, that might want to sell their house before Christmas. So how do we make, how do we make ourselves, if, if we're going up against some heavy competition, how do we make ourselves more attractive? Um, and you might've hit it right there man, is we can, we'll buy your house before Christmas and give you the cash. And then we'll give you a two week escrow holdback of $10,000. and You don't have to move out till January 5th. So you can stay in your house over the holidays. You can live there. You can pack up all your things, take your time, take half the money right up front or, you know, th three quarters, 80, 90% of the money up front. We do an escrow holdback. So we'll hold back 10,000, 20,000, whatever in escrow until you move out. And if you don't move out on time and the house is clean and in the same condition that we agreed on, then you pay damages out of what we're holding back or we keep it all. However you work that agreement, but you can stay in the house for two weeks. And we do this all the time. Most of our sellers, especially if they're owner occupied houses, they don't have any money to move out. So they need cash and I don't want to give them cash until I own the house. So I'll buy the house. I'll either rent it back to them or I'll do an escrow holdback where we'll hold back five, 10, 15, 20,000. Sometimes we hold back like 90% of the purchase price and we just give them enough money to move. They move all their stuff. They're out. We inspect the house. They go to the title company. They pick up their check. They're gone. So it's, a, it's an extra holding cost of a week or two weeks, but it might make you stand out over the competition and you might be able to get the house for less because of it. So just put that in your back pocket and save that for a rainy day if you're competing against someone else who's not willing to do that, who wants the house that day, and you're listening to the people and you're hearing what their problem is, 
and you're, you're finding a solution to their problem and it might not be the same price. You might get it for less. So, um, man, let's see. Okay. I'm, I'm getting down to like three or four questions left. I'm going to fly. All right. Uh, Steven said for a first mailing 4,500 absentee and 5,500 owner occupied was the best way to mail without getting overwhelmed. Um, 2,500 a week or just 10,000 a month and see what happens. Yep. Um, so I left yellow letters for a, a reason. They screwed up some of my mailings, but the biggest problem was they dropped my entire like 15,000 mailers one day instead of breaking them up into four weeks like they were supposed to. Buried my staff. Um, they, could, they were drowning in phone calls. And then we were like silent for the next three weeks. It just it drove me insane. And that was like the straw that broke my back and I left. So um, my recommendation, if you don't want to get overwhelmed and you're just getting going, is drop them in like, in like four, five, or six-week drops. So they'll, in your case, 4,500. Um, so you got 10,000. Um, try to figure out what you can handle. So can you handle a 1% response rate from 2,500 a week? That's 25 phone calls. Um, if you get a 2% response rate, that's 50 phone calls. But uh, I wouldn't, I mean, there's no reason to, I wouldn't drop 10,000 on a Monday. Um, I would spread it out. I would give yourself time, see what kind of response rate you get, spread out the appointments, get going, get your feet wet, and then see how you go. Make, do some deals. You can execute your follow-up. I wouldn't want to have 20 appointments a week because every week, cause I can't follow up with the people from the previous week. So, um, the previous appointments that you went on are some of your best leads and touch back to them constantly. Always be the first on their mind. Um, that stuff. So yeah, I would split them up, split them up. If you got, if you're going to mail 10,000 a month, split them up into 2,500 a week. Um, Ryan said, Bill, I'm in San Diego County, super competitive, spending a lot of money, but not getting many leads. What can you suggest for getting leads in a market like this? Um, go for the lower. Um, I would go for some of the harder, like what is my competition not doing? Um, I'm sure there's like a bandit sign on every corner, but maybe your bandit sign should go on every corner too. Um, try to find out some, uh, maybe some different ways to market. Um, uh, in San Diego, it's probably the same as Orange County. Spanish speakers. What? So you're writing uh, bandit signs in Spanish or something? I'm actually uh, drawing up a postcard. All of my leads that I've gotten on my pay-per-click Facebook and Facebook have all been Spanish speakers. Oh, I'm realizing awesome. untapped market, so I'm uh, doing a special postcard in Spanish and getting ready to send that out. That's a good idea. That's a really good. See, like that's the kind of stuff that. Will will be creative. Your competition's probably not doing it. So how can you tap into what? So let's think creatively. Like what are what are the people not doing? What's the hardest thing to get in San Diego County? I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a code code delinquent a tax default. Maybe there's a there's something where you have to go to five different people at the office, get ten no's, uh, file a, a complaint against the privacy policy, and then you finally get the list. Like how many people are going to do that? So try to think if, if you don't have a lot of money and you're, you're spending a ton of money, you're not getting any leads. That's, that's what San Diego County is. You're competing against the guys that have like empty pot, like the deepest pockets, like the, no limit to what they can spend on mailers. So I don't want to compete against those guys. Um, the only other thing I would say in something like that is um, I get like eight to one to 12 to one on every dollar I spend in direct mail and, and pay-per-click marketing right now. So, um, and I also manage that team now and I opened a shop in 
Chattanooga, Tennessee from my computer. I've been there once. So um, I tell people in really hyper competitive markets that you could get started in a smaller market without a lot of work um, if you want to build something like that. So a lot of the people in really competitive markets that don't want to do it, I highly encourage them to go to a softer market. What, what, what do you mean a softer market? Like a smaller segment of your, of your population or are you talking like out of state? Yeah, I'm talking somewhere else. Yeah, uh, I would. I would <laughs> what's that? Who wants to partner up? Orange County's killing me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I don't think you even need a partner. I, I really don't. I think, um, I think, a, you know, a trip somewhere, you, you analyze uh, some different areas, you take a look, you, you look at how it's, uh, how it's transacting. If there's a lot of cash buyers in there and there's a need for a wholesaler, um, look and see how, um, man, I got a whole, this could be a whole call. Maybe my next call will be this if you guys want it, but um, do a video. <laughs> yeah, I have a video. I, we probably have it. Me and Andy recorded uh, recorded this for the seven figure group. Um, we might have it. I don't know. Uh, I, I'll have to see. I don't know if it's like uh, okay. I, I gotta I gotta figure out if we gotta keep it in the seven figure group or we can just pass it on down. So um, for now, I will encourage you guys to work your asses off and get in the seven figure group, and you can definitely see it. But I'll try to find out how I can how I can get that information to you guys. Um, cause we did a very specific call on going to a secondary market or, uh, adding on another market or how to analyze a market. And I, I dug deep into that. Um, and him and I, I was very recent in going to Chattanooga, but I, I really think that you can, it, it's not very hard. Um, that list source, I posted the list source thing, right? The video that I did, like the hour and a half long video on list source. You guys have that on how to use uh, buyers, sellers, lenders. Did I post that in the Facebook group? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay, good. Okay. So take a look at that. Um, that's in that buyer section that I did in that video. Um, that's how I analyze uh, secondary markets to, for how, how well they're doing as buyers. So is it transacting in the last year and how hot it is and what zip codes? So t watch that video in there. Um, that's how I analyze secondary markets or another market to go into. And and then really all you need to do is like have that acquisitions person on the ground and you can answer calls from where you are, do that stuff. You got to build the buyer's list, but I mean, a lot of that stuff can be done online. You can sell deals on Craigslist. So um, anyway, I don't want to go to, I don't want to throw you off of your plan, but I would consider that if, if you, I mean, for, I probably spent like $15,000 going to Chattanooga and that lasts me for three months. And we've done a couple hundred thousand dollars in profit in that city since January. So we've done like 400 grand. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I, I didn't only spend 300 or 30,000, but that's what got me going. So if it didn't work out that, oh no, 15,000 for the first three months, if it didn't work out, 15 grand's gone. I can pull my, pull, pull my chips off the table there and try, go somewhere else. So, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, bandit signs, uh, I don't know, driving for dollars, door knocking. I mean, there's, uh, get those, get, try to get a list that not a lot of people have. Try to zig when other people are zagging, try, you know, networking. Uh, but I know it's really competitive. I, I'm, there's probably better people to ask that will be on these calls that are in hyper competitive markets. I'm in really soft markets. So um, I do coach some of those people and the conversation usually becomes, um, I have deep pockets and I'm smarter than everybody else. But what I will tell you is when you do get a lead, have your operation really tight. Like you're the little guy. So if you're competing against the big guy, like if you're competing against me and you can answer your phone live and you can go on the appointment in 15 minutes, 
and you can lock up the deal right then, I can't do that. Like my phone, people answer the phone, they process it all. They've got to get it on the calendar for the acquisitions person who's a different person. Then she's got, if it's really hot, maybe she can get to it that day or the next day, but she's got a whole calendar full of appointments. So the next thing we know, it's a day or two days goes by, you're already in there and got the house under contract and we're chicken liver, right? So chop liver, did I say chicken? <laughs> chop chicken liver. All right, so I, I don't know, be tight. When you get leads, uh, run them, uh, bandit signs. I love the Spanish uh, postcard, that's, that's gold. I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. I don't I, if I, if I had Spanish speakers in either of my cities, we'd be doing a lot better on our flips. So you uh, <laughs> they're not there. You ship them down to me. Um, we have like uh, a lot of rednecks and white trash and uh, people that do crack and that. Uh, in Nashville for you in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, maybe they want to move to Chattanooga. Uh, we can, <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, let's see. Oh, Steve and I sent out my first mailing two weeks ago and I've got about 15 calls from a thousand absentee hours. That's good. 15 calls from a thousand is good. Uh, Pat live. Oh man, we're getting to the bottom. So should we do weekly mailings or one per month? Okay. Uh, once per month. So I think I answered that already. Um, yeah. I would break it up, break it up into weeks. Um, spread it out if you can. Um, yeah. That's what you want to do. How, how long do you keep mailing the same list before switching up or switching lists? Um, I'll, I'll, if somebody gets on my list and they stay on my list, I'll, I'll mail them forever. Um, I do refresh my list about every six months. I'll buy a new list, especially with the list source. Before I would do it like every year, but now we have uh, three cents a name. So I'm not usually buying a new list. I'm really like adding to my, to my list. So, um, all right, Saban, I'll see you later. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really just kind of adding new names to my list, kind of refreshing it that way um, after six months to see, because uh, I'm going bigger. Like in the beginning, you guys are going to have a list of like 10,000 and then maybe you want to go to 20 and 30 because you're making more money. So ListSource, it, it has a way that you can buy a 30,000 list. If you bought a $10,000 list and you want the 30 and the 10 are already on there, you only have to pay for the 20 and then you can kind of just add it together. So um, that's what I do. I just kind of refresh the list over time as I want to add more people or different. Maybe I want to switch my list a little bit, but I mean, I mail absentee owners, I mail owner occupied and it's just kind of a variation of that. So my list never really changes unless they sell their house or tell me to F off. And then when they do that six months later, I get a new list and they have to call me back and tell me to F off again. So um, that's it, man. That's the end of the questions. All right. What's the discount for list source of any? Okay, JJ, um, send an email to Kyle um, and he'll get you on our list source account. So um, if, if you guys aren't on the list source deal and you're buying lists at like 15 cents, then get, get on our list source account, the House Flipping HQ account, and it'll pay for your six-figure flipping membership, I guarantee it, if you buy a big enough list. So three cents a name versus, I think I was paying like 16 cents before I negotiated that price. So worked out really good. All right. What's everybody else got? Man. Whoa, I need a drink of water. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, my, hey, my plan here before you guys all go, uh, my plan for the rest of the six figure uh, meetings is going to be, um, we're going to bring in some of these eight figure members the same time next week. So every Wednesday at this time. And ideally what we'll do going forward is they'll have something that they're going to talk about. So they'll present on something for a little bit and then they'll answer questions. So um, what you guys saw at the Flip Hacking Live is a, um, was like a list of what those guys are going to talk about and what their expertise are. 
and they're going to talk about what they're experts in, and then you guys can hammer them on that. And then if you have any follow-up with them after that call, then, you know, hit them up in the Facebook page or, the, you know, hopefully they'll give you their information or something so you can talk to them. Hey, so, hey, yeah. Bill, you, you think it's a good idea if we send you questions before the next one so we can have, like, an agenda? That way you don't have to get all flustered and pulled in yeah. every direction. So I don't, I don't mind doing that. Um, so I'm not going to be on the next call. It's going to be somebody else. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to have a, they'll have a topic. So they'll be talking about something. I don't know who it is. We're working on the calendar right now. So expect to see that. So you can plan accordingly. If you can't make a call, don't worry about it. Cause they'll be recorded and we'll put them on the, uh, on the uh, membership site. But, um, what I'd like to do, especially the eight figure members, they haven't done one of these before. So, they're going to come prepared to talk about something for a little bit and then they'll answer questions on the back end. Um, what we, what we might do in the future is maybe we'll put some uh, upfront questions. What I like, what I do on the seven figure coaching calls, it's a lot like this. I just didn't have time to do it today is I'll ahead of time. I'll post the link in the Facebook group and I'll say, Hey, if you guys have any topics that you want to talk about tonight, I'll come prepared to talk about it and I'll do like more of a formal presentation on it if you want. So if there's like a demand for something currently, um, you guys are all kind of at different places in your business right now. So I know we're kind of all over the board tonight, right? We're anywhere from like first mailing, uh, getting set up with that to uh, tax strategy, which even the seven figure members don't ask me a lot. So um, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit different dynamic in here. So um, let's see how it works. Um, post some feedback. Like if you guys have feedback on, uh, on stuff like that, send it, you know, post it for me in the, in the Facebook forum, tag me on it and I'll take a look at it. Like how the eight figure uh, calls go and stuff like that. If there's anything that you want that you, or that you loved about it or disliked about it, I'll, I'll, I'd like to hear it. So cool. Cool. All right. Um, all right guys uh, and gals. I had an awesome time. Everybody have awesome a good night. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, see you guys. Thanks, more questions, throw them in the Facebook group and we'll answer them. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yeah, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that call with Bill. Uh, he's just starting to scrape the surface with what we um, are offering here in the six-figure flipping program. So once again, go to com slash 6FF to apply for the program. And either Kyle will respond to you and let you know that you're in or we'll have someone get in touch with you. If you have any questions, just let us know. But we look forward to working with you. Once again, this will be the last time that we offer a program of this caliber for this price. Uh, we just It's just crazy what, what I gave away. I mean, I got chastised from Bill, but he's just shaking his head. But hey, what can you do? It's part of a... I just like to give. Give, give, give. So anyway, hope you guys take advantage of this offer. And if you do, all that I ask is a, like take advantage of it right? Like if it changes your life and helps you grow your business and get you into the seven figure program and that we can network at a higher level together, then, then it's all good. It's, it's worth it to me. Uh, you know, we can't keep doing it cause it's just not, it's not sustainable. Um, but we're going to do it for this next six months. It's going to be a lot of work for us and our, and our coaches and our, everyone on, on board. I've literally hired people just to help run this program, um, full time. Right. So, Anyway, uh, happy to do it. You know, let's let's do it. Uh, and uh, excited to work with you guys. So go to com slash 6FF. Get in there. And we will be seeing you soon in the seven-figure program and maybe even the eight-figure program before you know it. So that's all I got today, guys. Get out there. Take some action. Um, you can do this. <laughs> I mean, over 20 people 
in the past year have made a seven-figure income just through the, the that are in the seven-figure flipping group, right? Like, there's no reason why you guys cannot do this business, and we're here to help you in any way we can. So that's all I got. We will see you guys next week on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Until then, go kick some booty. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.